0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv.
1: I am so excited that I get to share with you guys. Um, Pastor Mike asked if I could do the message for him. And he did a great message series. Uh, Last week was on the giver. You know, how God the Father has a heart to give. Uh, It's his very nature to give. A lot of people, we look at Jesus like the nice version of God and the Father kind of like the strict. But really, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I only came for you. Because my father asked me to. So it was really good perspective to see that the father is the one that designed the salvation and redemption plan, who loved us so much that he sent his son. And because of that, today we're going to look at the gift. What is the gift? What is the gift of Jesus Christ? And so many times people look at salvation and they're very limited in their view, And most people look at salvation as like, it's my fire insurance. I used to, when I was younger, it's like, okay, I'm not going to hell. Anybody else ever thought of it that way? Like, oh, I'm not going to hell? Thank God. Woo, I'm good. Thank you. And then we just stop there. And see, Jesus never came to be a life insurance policy for us. He never came to only be there for us when we die. He came to give us life life to the full and he came for us who were trapped in sin to be free from sin. The subject that we were before was that we were trapped in sin. Anybody ever not want to do things or and you do them anyway, you're like, Oh, I can't believe I did it. I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna raise two hands. If I had more hands, I'd raise them, I'd raise everything I could in my body. Listen, but when Jesus came, he came to be Lord and Savior. It came, he came for a lifestyle. He came, and you might say the lifestyle, not this Christian lifestyle like I fit him into my schedule, that I changed my life to his ways. And when we do that, we see the benefit of Jesus Christ, the full benefit of the cross. So if you turn in your Bibles, the Psalms, that's our first scripture today, Um, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Let's go to the next one. Bless uh, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Something that I love about this scripture is that it encapsulates the whole plan of redemption. And he's so emphatic when he's writing it bless the Lord. Why? Because he's crowned me with love, with steadfast love and mercy. Everybody's seen a, a show or a movie with a king in it? Who wears the crown? The king. Do you know that we are crowned with God's love and his mercy? So that when he sees us, he we he literally sees all his love on us, for us, and he also crowned us with mercy. Because God knew that after we received this gift of salvation, we were not going to be perfect. How many of you guys have ever had to deal with, you know, I don't even know why I go to church. I don't know why I go to church. I try to be better. I try to do good things, and I can't do it. And how many of us have this appearance that everything's fine, but it's not fine? And that's where I'm going to camp out today. Jesus came for who you truly are. He didn't come to save your Facebook profile. He didn't come to save your Instagram post. He didn't come to save you that has it all together. He came to see, seek and save you. He came to seek and save the person who you truly are, not the person who you're trying to project that you are to all your friends. How many guys have had or have best friends? Everybody, I hope everybody has that experience. It's a great experience. How many guys know if you're honest, now you'll tell, you'll tell your best friends, they know everything about me. But how many guys know there's some things that your best friends don't know about you? Because it's too nasty. It's too gross. It's too messed up. And see, the the dangerous thing that we do as believers is that we judge people, we make opinions about people based on what they're projecting and not who they are as a person, loved to the full in Jesus Christ by God the Father. And at the same time, We get mad at people for not accepting our projections as reality. And when we do that, we literally stop God from being able to do a work in our heart. Jesus said this, I've come that you might have life and life to the full. So what do we do as a society? Well, life to the full means I got a bunch of money in the bank. Well, according to Jesus, that doesn't mean it's life to the full. doesn't. If it was life to the full, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he wouldn't have come seeking after Jesus because he had a bunch of money. And in his standard, he's like, I've lived the law. I've lived the standard my whole life. But there was still something missing. And you know what Jesus said? Sell everything you got and come follow me. And he went away sad because great were his possessions. Now, I am not about preaching the gospel of poverty, but I am about preaching the gospel in the context of what Jesus said. Some people in scripture were completely poor and completely living life to the full. And you might say, how can you do that? How you do that is when you let Jesus into who you really are. Today we're talking about the gift. The gift only works if you let him into your heart. If you do not let Jesus, Jesus didn't come to save your projections and husbands and wives, there's some things that you don't even tell each other. That's something that Nicole and I have worked on the last five years of being at a place where we can be so vulnerable with each other and so honest with each other that listen, This is something that I'm struggling with. And some things in the natural first responsibility, if you're struggling with that, I got to get out of here. Do you know that Jesus loves getting his hands dirty with the sinner? Because you know what? When he gets his hands dirty, he can't get his hands dirty. When he touches the dirty, the dirty becomes clean. But you got to let him touch the dirty. See, we're so used to people. If they know the real us, they'll reject us. People will. People can sometimes (laughs) stink. Sometimes people can be nasty to you. They can be mean. They can be cruel. They can deny you the very thing that they are seeking themselves. When people are denying you, of love, forgiveness, restoration. All they're saying is, I haven't let Jesus in yet to clean me up. So, what do we do who have been washed in the blood of Jesus? We love people unconditionally. How can you love somebody unconditionally? You can only love somebody unconditionally when you have first received. Unconditional love. You might say, where are you going with the gift of Jesus? This is where I'm going. This is where I'll camp out. So many people come to church for specific things. When Jesus came to die for you, to pay your sin on the cross so that he could save you. Jesus didn't come to give you nice things. Now, a byproduct of hanging out with God and submitting yourself to the word and submitting yourself to discipline, submitting yourself to stewardship will bring you success. But that wasn't Jesus' first thing to come. You know what Jesus said? We have the scripture here. I'm going to turn to it. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes Only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Do you know that 70% of people that win the lottery are broke and worse off within five years than before they won it? Isn't that sad? Something that could potentially be life-changing They are completely broke and most of them worse off than they were within five years, 70%. If it was money that made people happy, why does 70% of people, why are they worse off after they get the money? You know why? Money can solve problems. It can't fix who you are. You know what money does? It amplifies who you are on the inside. You ever seen those videos where they do tricks on people where they think it, they won the lottery? You ever watch them? They're crazy. It's terrible. I watched a video with Nicole one time, and this woman lived with her in-laws, with her husband. She thought she won the ticket. Now, everybody in the house tricked her, thought it'd be funny on her birthday, oh, it's your birthday, you won the lottery, and it was like millions of dollars. So you know what she did? First, she didn't tell anybody that she won. And everybody, they got cameras like high, and she's like just... And then she makes this declaration. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, and I'm divorcing you. And the friends are like, it's a trick, it's a trick, it's a trick. You know what happened? She thought that she had a way to be who she truly was, without having any any ramifications because of who she truly was. That's what we do as a church sometimes. People in the church. Sometimes we sit there and we project, are you doing good? This is how I know we're not doing good. If I say, hey, are you doing good? I'm great. If that happens every time, you're Jesus. You are. I'm just saying, I'm like... Worship you because you got it better than me. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? I mean this. If we're always good, then the devil's not fighting you. And as far as I know, the devil only stops fighting believers when they're in the presence of God. And since you're not in the presence of God and you're here with me, you got to be Jesus. Think about what I'm saying. If we're always good... We're either not good and we're projecting that we are. Now, there's a difference from faith and presumption. Have the friends you can be real with. But if you can't be real with your friends, then there's a sign that you're really not being real with God. I've been there. I've done the worst things in my life when everybody asked me, Are you good? Great. I'll show you how good I am. I'll quote a Bible verse. Christians, if you read the Bible, how often did Paul say, We've been persecuted, we've been pressed, we've been crushed, but not abandoned. We're persecuted, but we're not destroyed. Paul said, I have sufferings. Three times I went to God about this, and three times, he got it on the third time, hopefully, because he didn't say he went a fourth time. He said, And Jesus on the third time said, My grace is made perfect. In your weakness, my grace is made perfect when you let me at your heart who you are. He can't fix what's not broken. And he will not fix what you have not given him. You guys getting this? All right. I'm so excited. You know I'm excited because that's what the gift is. The gift is that we are hopeless without Jesus Christ, completely hopeless. But the gift, we went from hopeless to hope, and our hope isn't that of the world. The hope isn't like, oh, I hope I win the lottery. It's like a $2 billion now. Yes, I hope. Really, you're like, you going to work tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to work because I hope. And then unfortunately, we take the same attitude with God. I hope he meets my needs. Are you standing in faith? Yeah, but this is the problem. I'm going to always speak the problem. Why? Because the problem is my reality. No, the problem is you're not letting Jesus in your heart. You're not exposing him to who you truly are. Therefore, he cannot fix you. He came to save who you are so you could be who he's called you to be. You cannot be who he's called you to be fixing yourself. If you could do it, you know what? He would have said, Dad, why would you send me? They could do it on their own. <laughs> we can't. The sooner we realize we can't do it on our own, the sooner we accept the gift that God has for us, the sooner we can have joy to the full. And that joy to the full means that no matter what happens, oh, I lost my job today. Yeah, I lost my job. Hey, man, that's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. It really, it's going to be very stressful but the joy of the Lord is my strength. I know my God shall supply. But be honest. Hey, I'm going to need you to be in agreement with me. I got this situation going on. Listen, and pick your friends wisely. I'll tell you this. This is what my grandmother told me. Mama, I love her. She's been in heaven for years. Actually, about 12 years. She, no, 14 years. She died just before our wedding. So this is what she told me, Chris, never be a best friend with somebody who tells you everything about them in the first five minutes. What do you mean? Chris, when you have a conversation with somebody and they tell you everything about themselves and the first real conversation you have, don't tell them anything about yourself. How come, Mama? That's not nice. You're right. And it's not foolish either. I told her, I was like, I need you to explain more. I was young when she told me this. If you tell everybody your business and they tell you everything about them, they're going to tell everything they've heard about you to somebody else. Information about yourself should be sacred. And it's to be earned. People need to earn the relationship with you. Just as Christ earned a relationship with us. You know, Jesus is on the earth for 33 years. He only had a three-year to three-and-a-half-year ministry. But he had 30 years of living a godly life and an example. And you know, the disciples didn't automatically like, oh, we follow you and like, oh, we're dropping. They followed him. But you can definitely see a distinction and the growth that they have from the first time you started talking to them till the end. And when we sit there and we communicate with people, don't communicate with people you just met. Oh, this is what's going on. Communicate with people who have earned the right and shown you that they are trustworthy. Tell you this from experience. People find out about you. This is from experience, and they're not godly like Jesus, first thing they do, I'm going to tell this person, this is this person, and they're always praying for me. (laughs) But how come when they're praying for me, they treat me differently? (laughs) Because Jesus is like, oh, you're a leopard, Uh, go, I'll I'll pray for you. You know what Jesus did? Come here, babe. The leopard came to Jesus, and he said, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus looked, he said, What do you want from me? He's like, I want to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me. You know what Jesus did? He touched him and said, I am willing. Amen. Go show yourself to the priest. That's the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> ho 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 Mary No, just kidding. That's my wife online. <laughs> or to be authentic Christians. But we can't be authentic Christians if we're not being authentic with our Savior. If we don't let Jesus in to who we are, be honest. When you have genuine friendships that are secure, that's awesome. I can't argue with that. I'm just kidding. Terrible message. I'm just kidding. That's great. That's the future of the church right there. You know what that is? I... I love it hearing babies cry because that means there's new life in the church. And those of you that hear new babies cry, come on, round of applause. You hear new babies cry in this church, we as a church come together and say, we're here for you. Okay? So don't ever feel bad that your baby's being a baby. <laughs> we got a lot of big babies in here that do the same thing. <laughs> I need to stop by my head. It's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing when there's new life, that God gives new life to the church. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Matthew 15.19 says this, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. It all comes from who we truly are on the inside. God doesn't care about your Facebook, He cares about you truly. And who you are truly, Facebook page, When it's it's deleted, it's deleted. People, when they die, it matters. And God is looking at the heart. He is not looking at the projection that we're showing people. He is not there looking at like, oh, they had the best intentions. Jesus died to save our heart. He died to save who we truly are so we could be truly like Him. I can't walk in love with my wife and forgive my wife when I haven't experienced God's forgiveness for me. You can't walk in love with a person that has been horrible to you. What's the example Jesus gives? When He's hanging on the cross, the Pharisees that put Him there are mocking him. If you are truly the Son of God, pull yourself down. We'll believe. <laughs> if that was been me, we'd all ended up in hell. <laughs> you better thank God that Jesus doesn't have my. Why? Because I'm human. I need a Savior. But the Savior said, You can actually do what I do when you let me in. Do you know that Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing? You mad if Jesus pulled himself off the cross that, hey, guess what? Bye-bye. That's human nature. You did wrong to me. And listen, you know, the Bible gives us space. God gives us space to be angry at people. I'm not saying, oh, walk in love and everything. Like, it's just nothing affects you. You're like, oh, everything, everything great. Oh, it's so good. You know, the Bible says be angry. You can be angry. You can get upset when people hurt you. You can get upset when somebody's let you down. You can be angry, but the Bible says this. Don't ever let the sun go down on your wrath, because if it goes down on your wrath, it starts growing in your heart. And it says, be angry, but don't sin. After you've had a time to like, process, the emotions have to flow. God gave us emotions. I'm not saying to be robots. What's wrong with you? Nothing, because I'm saved. No, you can get angry, but don't sin in your anger. It's about receiving the gift. You know that God has been angry at the earth, but God exhausted his anger on the earth, on Jesus Christ? Have you ever done something to the point of exhaustion? And then afterwards you're like, you know that all the sin that the whole world has done against God. And we're not talking about sin of action because the Bible says we just read that sin starts in the heart. And the heart things, those are daily things. You have it in the heart first before you have a thought in your head. So all the daily sins that everyone's committing against God, looking at people wrong, judging people, committing adultery, fornication in your heart, You know what God's doing? That's a constant offense to him. It's a constant offense against a perfect, holy God who has a standard, and we blow it. So you know what he does? He sits up there. He doesn't even think about it. Jesus was plan A. Jesus was never plan B. He was plan A from the beginning. Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before the world even began, God had a picture of you in Jesus, and he only wanted to look at you in Jesus. He doesn't want to look at you outside of Jesus. So what does he do? All the sins, all the offenses, he's 100% God, he's still judge. God has to judge sin. A lot of people think, oh, well, God, you know, he doesn't judge, he doesn't judge, yeah, same God in the Old Testament, God in the New Testament. But what did he want to do? He didn't want to judge man and their sins because that's hopeless. So he sent Jesus Christ and he exhausted his wrath on his son Jesus. You might say, Well, you don't know how bad I've been. You don't know how a perfect God who's never committed any sin stepped in front of us and said, I got you, and said, Bring it, dad. Give me all you got, because when you're done, you're going to look at them as you look at me. And Jesus on the cross cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know what he said? You asked for it. God had to forsake his only son so that he would never forsake you or I. That's the gift. People sometimes get tired of hearing the gospel Can you really get tired of hearing that God exhausted his wrath on somebody else so he could only look at you with a crown of love and a crown of mercy? Can you ever get tired of hearing that? And so many times, like, I've heard this message before. (laughs) Receive the message. Stop. You who have ears to hear, hear what's being said. (laughs) So many people are like, I've heard this message before. Good. Guess what? The Bible has 66 books in it. No book has been added to the Bible in 2000 years. So if you're hearing a new message, it's not in the Bible. <laughs> okay? If you're hearing a new message, it's not in the Bible. Stop listening to that one. You're going to hear the same message, just like this. How many guys have grass? Anybody have a yard? How long Don, how long have you lived in your house? 30 years. It's a long time. Wow. In 30 years, I guarantee you the grass hasn't said, you know what, Don? You've been so awesome, we're not going to grow thick anymore. 30 years, bro, you got our platinum plan. I'm wearing shades. It's funny. I didn't even realize I was wearing them. You got our platinum plan done. 30 years, we're not gonna grow anymore. We're not gonna die either. We're just gonna be perfect. What would you say if I said that to you? You're ridiculous. (laughs) Right? You know what's ridiculous? Going to church expecting to hear a different message. Until we've mastered this thing called forgiveness, guess what? We're not. And we're gonna keep talking about how we've been forgiven all the way till Jesus comes, and then in heaven, guess what we're going to talk about? That's the guy who forgave you right there, and we're going to forever be grateful for the fact that somebody loved us so much that he stopped what he was doing and lived a perfect life just so we could go to God, and he'd say, you are my beloved son, and who I'm well pleased. You're my beloved daughter, and who I'm well pleased. I see you. Come on, right? I see you in Christ Jesus. People who are getting tired of messages are people who are not living out the messages. I'm just telling you, as a pastor, we learned this. I'm, I'm giving you the secrets. All you're saying is, I'm not growing spiritually. And as a pastor, it breaks our hearts. Because you know what? If you grow, that's when you live life to the full. Living life to the full is not about how much money you got in the bank. Living life to the full is being a light in a dark world, receiving the gift of Jesus Christ, receiving an unconditional gift of Jesus, and then going out receiving forgiveness and... Jesus? No, just kidding. (laughs) Receiving the forgiveness, and because you receive it, then you can give it away. And then the world looks like... You invite friends to church, and the world looks at you like, man, you guys love each other. You know what's so cool? I want to ask a couple people to come up here, all right? If you don't want to come up, just come up anyway, <laughs> okay? You guys ready? Who am I going to pick? No, I'm just kidding. Hector. Noah. Ryan, Steve, can you come up? He's looking, he's like, is he talking to me? I'm talking to you. Can you? Is it possible? I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. Kevin, can you come back here? Come on. (laughs) Don't make me look bad in front of my friend. Just real fast, please. You does want to? I appreciate you so much. Listen. I know that this is a big deal. Listen, this is a big deal. Thank you so much. If you guys stand on the stage, I need a couple more people. Augie, can you come up here? Can you come up here, sir? I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming up here, sir. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Completely different backgrounds, walks of life, ages. Monetary status. When the world comes to Faith Family Church, why do you guys all go to this church? Because all of us have been gripped by this forgiveness. And the world knows that we're Christ by the love we have one for another. This is what church is supposed to be. Completely different. I don't want a bunch of people that look like me. I don't want a bunch of people that sound like me. I want people. I want people. I want people that receive the same forgiveness that I've received, and we love each other unconditionally based on something, a condition that God put on his son Jesus. And the boldness that we can have to love each other unconditionally is because we've received unconditional love. This is my church. This is my family. Evan, can you come up here too? Evan. Evan. He's, he's my man. Come on, bro. All right. Evan goes on the motorcycle rides with us. He is a biker. And he's a great man. And he's going to have a birthday soon. And I want you guys to know something. All of us in here, the thing we have in common is not who we are outside of Christ. It's who we have become in Christ. Christ. And then all these people will go back to their home, but they're not going back who they were before they found Jesus. They're going back in Christ to love unconditionally. Thank you all very much. I couldn't have done my message without you guys. Thank you, sir. Let's give a round of applause. <laughs> Ezekiel 36:26 is this: "And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh." What Jesus said, I'm going to remove death from you, and I'm going to give you life. Jesus didn't come to save your Facebook. He came to save you. And when you let him in, he can truly save you. And it's embarrassing. Let me tell you something. It's embarrassing being exposed and exposing yourself. But when you have a spouse that loves you unconditionally when you have friends that love you unconditionally that are your friends, then you can grow into the image of God. You know, we ask for forgiveness from God and we receive forgiveness from God when we ask. But we also, it stops there. We don't get healed until we confess our sins one to another. There is something about confessing what you're going through to somebody. Make sure you vet them first. I know from experience, make sure you vet them. And when they're vetted, let them know who you are so they can remind you of who Christ is in you. So when you're sitting there discouraged, like, I keep on sinning. Hey, in Romans, Paul said, it's no longer I who sin, but the sin nature is sinning. You're saved. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are saved. Get, let that sink in. But see, so many times we don't. We come to get a little quick wash. You ever go to the gas station car washes? They are nowhere near as good as a regular car wash. We can't be that way with church. Okay, some, to get everything out of church, you can't go through the quick line. Because what's going to happen is you're going to go out and you're like, oh, I look good, I look great. And then you're going to look at it close and be like, there's a whole streak I missed. You ever seen that? <laughs> you ever, you're never going to get the benefit of a church by just attending on Sunday. You want to get the deep clean? Life groups. You want to get the deep clean? You want to get the, the, the wash plus the wax? Like, hey, you're really, God's doing a work in you. Have some friends that are going to be, in the name of Jesus, he just wax on, wax off. In the name of Jesus, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And it, man, dude, every week, I got to con- share this with you. I have one of those monthly subscriptions to a car wash. It's $40 a month. Little did these guys know, I work on a construction site. I get the car muddy every day. So you know what I do every day? Clean it, go to the site, come back. Next day, the lady looks at me like all the time, like, I got the plan. (laughs) Unconditional, baby. It's like Jesus Christ. You go out, you get right back in your sin. Let me tell you that you go right back to the Father. Whoo! you are (laughs) saved in Jesus Christ. Wax on, wax off. I love you guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you give Faith Family Church you give us an hour to share with you and to part, and part truth to you. And then you trust us to come to events and you trust us to, to help you grow spiritually. And we don't take it lightly. We don't take it lightly at all. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. If you want to go to the perfect church, it's definitely not this church. <laughs> Once you got here... The record went, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Once I got here, we got a laugh in life, right? You can forgive me because you just received forgiveness. That's how it works. (laughs) My grandfather would say, Chris, when you're in a hole, stop digging. All right, I'm putting the shovel down. It's an honor to be there for you guys. We count it as a privilege. It is not something that we take lightly, I want you to know that we pray for you guys, that we daily have people who are praying for you. We are here for you guys. It breaks our heart when we find out from other people that you've been going through something by yourself, because that's not how God set it up. Give us time to earn your trust. We don't want you to just give us everything. You know, it's going to be weird. We're like, whoa, you know. (laughs) Let's have a relationship. Let's build upon it, but let's commit to growing each other. You know what Pastor Mike commits to doing? And what I commit to doing, Pastor Eric, Pastor Rachel, my wife, Pastor Donna, we commit to constantly going under the excruciating pain of growth. We are not satisfied where we are. We always want to be moving into the image of Christ. We always want to love you unconditionally. Every day we wake up, we realize how much, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that God loved me that much. And I'm closing with this. Stephen was the first martyr. And Stephen, you know what he said? When people were upset at the gospel, they were upset at the message that he was preaching. They grabbed big stones and they were going to stone him. They were going to kill him. And they were killing him. They were murdering him. You already had the strength to say, Father, don't hold the sin against them. You know why? Because he got a revelation that the Father didn't hold his sins against him. And all the more they murdered him. But you know what he said at the end? See, Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, and he's going to sit at the right hand. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's his position. Anybody like sports in here? Just a few? Okay. What happened was that Jesus Christ saw Stephen, and when Stephen asked for forgiveness, Jesus got off the throne, and he stood. He saw a game-winning play. Guess who was there murdering Stephen? Saul, who would later become Paul. So Saul, the murderer, murdering the Christian, Jesus gets up and says, Father, that's the plan at work, loving people unconditionally. And you know that that guy Saul got saved. Jesus appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus, and he said, Saw, Saul, 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 Why are you persecuting me? And Saul ended up becoming Paul, who ended up writing two-thirds of the New Testament, having the revelation that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And Paul actually said this. Listen to this. Paul said with a clear conscience, I have wronged no man. The murderer had a clear conscience because he received forgiveness and he was walking in the forgiveness of God the rest of his life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody in here today that you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you've heard the message, you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the plan of God, the, God's plan of redemption for you and you want to have a moment to where you can say, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am not going to ask you to come up. I'm not going to embarrass you. But on December 11th, 2022, you're making the decision that I want to know that I receive the forgiveness that God is talking about in the scriptures through Jesus Christ. I want to look. See your hand. Alright. Everybody look at me now. I love you guys. I implore you with this. Find somebody that doesn't know Jesus and love them enough to get them here. And we'll preach the gospel. No one's salvation is on you. What is on us is to let our light shine and to declare the good news. But I'm going to say a general prayer. Father God, I ask right now that you Father, that we stir ourselves up in Christ. Those of us that have received forgiveness, that we stir up the gift of forgiveness, the free gift. We stir up Christ in our heart, that we do the calling that we have, that we stir ourselves up, that we can be lights in a dark world, that we can be a city on a hill, that people can see you when they see us. And I pray for a spirit of boldness that we will boldly proclaim the work of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you for a great word, Pastor Chris. God is so good. You guys got a lot of nice looking uh, sweaters and t-shirts and jackets on. So I just want to say this, as we're getting ready to receive the offering, you know, a lot of people say, all they want is your money. You know, we're just doing things God's way. The Bible says heaven and earth, everything that God did is based on seed time and harvest. Everything that he's put in the Bible is based on seed time and harvest. So what we do is we receive, the Bible says men on earth receive it. But Jesus says, I'm the one accepting it. So when you bring your tithes and your offering to the church, and we don't beg for it, we don't try to guilt you or anything like that. But we do celebrate because it's a sign of growth. It's a sign of trusting God. And I want you to know that every year at this time is one of the most difficult times for churches, because so many people look at their offerings or their tithes as disposable income. And when you have disposable income, you stop spending it when times get tougher. And people look at, you know, I got to buy Christmas presents, the economy's not good, and they stop giving for a window. Some people never start back up. But I want you to know and I want to say this and I want to say it out loud and I want you guys just to say thank you. There are people who are still tithing. They're faithful tithers. And they are giving. And some people who went through a time where they couldn't have now and this is like several people have contacted us to say, "You know what? I'm I'm giving my back tithes because I want to be caught up with what God is doing in Faith Family Church." So thank you for your faithful tithers. And here's the real reason why I'm saying this. Because without them, we wouldn't be here. See, Faith Family Church doesn't have an organization that supports us. There's not a denomination that sends us money. We don't have rich people that send it from, you know. You know who supports this church? The people who are sitting in the pews. That's it. That's it. If you're one of those people, you're my hero, and you're getting the gospel out. And if you're not one of those people, you need to be grateful for those who do, because this church would not be here without them. Amen? The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. You deserve the honor, and we appreciate you, and we thank you. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Oh,